and every one. Luke chapter 19. We'll start with verse 28. And when he had said these things, Jesus, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Note that. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples ahead, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying my Honda, uh, my, my donkey, where'd Pastor Creighton go? I like that. I like what he said right there. Why are you untying my donkey? You simply say to them, the Lord has need of it. Somebody say, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, throwing their cloaks on the colt. They sat Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. And they said, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Hallelujah. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd they said, teacher, would you tell your disciples to shut up? That's the message version, I guess. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They're annoying you. Jesus answered and he said, I tell you the truth. If they're silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near to the city, he saw the city. And the Bible says Jesus wept over Jerusalem and said, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Father, we thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for the love that we sense, the joy. We thank you for your word. We're asking now, God, that you would captivate us. Let there be no distractions. Speak to our hearts today. We give you thanks, we give you praise as we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Palm Sunday. Don't you love Palm Sunday? I love Palm Sunday. In years past, we have paraded the children through. It's family, it's a family service today, so it's nice to have all the, all the kids with us. God bless all the kids here today. We used to parade our children through on Palm Sunday, and they would each have a, a palm, and, and they would wave it, and we would sing some Hosanna song. I love that, and we'll maybe do that again in the future. We've also taken our Hosanna service, our Palm Sunday. We've taken it to the park. We just couldn't do it this year because it wasn't available. But I believe that today is ordered of the Lord, so we don't ever want to force anything, do we? We just let God be God and... If a door closes, we don't try to force one open, but it's been nice to have services in the park and reach out to the community. But here we are today, Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry is what we celebrate today. Jesus riding on a donkey, people waving palm branches, people shouting in the streets, Hosanna, people shouting, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, hallelujah. On this day, many of the people made a decision to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. Before, perhaps he was just a good teacher. He did miracles clearly that no one else could do, and that was cool to watch. But this was the day that they acknowledged him as the king 
the son of David, the, the king of Israel. This was a significant day and a shifting day for Christ. I had you notate in verse 28, it says that Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. Why is this significant for us today? Well, remember, Jerusalem, the holy city, this is where Jesus would be taken captive in the garden. This is the place Jesus would be mocked and ridiculed, falsely accused. Jerusalem is the place Jesus would be beaten beyond recognition, scourged. It's the place Jesus would be crucified on the cross that I just sang of. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Jesus is on his way to pain. He's on his way to death, suffering. But Jerusalem is also the place that Jesus would be laid in a borrowed tomb where he would lay for three days and then victoriously rise from the dead. Hallelujah. And in that moment when Jesus rose from the dead, hope was reborn. I've entitled my message next week, The Hope of Easter. I don't want you to miss this. It's also the title of the concert that Pastor Moses and the choir are going to be singing on Good Friday, The Hope of Easter. I'm so thankful that he didn't stay dead. Aren't you glad that when he died, he only died temporarily? Now, he did die, by the way. Make it, let me make it clear to you, he was dead. He was all the way dead, not just mostly dead, not just a little bit dead. He was dead. And then he rose again. And when he rose, hope rose again. I want you to be here next week. I want you to come. We have an 8.30 service and we have the 10.30 service. We're not adjusting our times. Uh, we, we have the same times, but you'll need to get here early because I have a feeling we're going to have a packed house. We might actually have to open the balcony next week. I don't know. But uh, we've had the balcony closed for a good while because I like to see this full right here. Uh, it just feels good to have you right here. But don't miss this, the hope of Easter. But for today, we're going to travel with Jesus and journey down the road to hope. He's traveling to Jerusalem, a place of suffering, a place of anguish, a place of death, but ultimately, it's a place of hope. So travel with me, and together we will travel with Jesus and journey the road to hope. We start on the road to hope by looking at the prophecies on the road to hope. You see this in verse number 29. When he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent ahead of him two of his disciples and said, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you'll find a colt tied. This is a donkey. This is a young donkey uh, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You simply say, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as Jesus had told them. As they were untying the colt, sure enough, the owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. This is curious to me. Jesus coming in on a donkey. They're acknowledging him as the king, right? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, if they're celebrating a king, what's more fitting for a king than, say, a stallion that's already trained, already broken, ready to ride, nicely manicured and groomed, the mane combed, the tail combed, all oiled down. Can you see that? I see that. That'd be, that'd be great. Put Jesus up on that. This is the king coming in. What's Jesus say? Go get the, 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 the baby donkey, right, that nobody's ridden. Yeah, what? What? But this is just like Jesus. 
It reminds me of how he came in the first place. The king. The king coming. How does he come? He comes through Bethlehem. No pomp and circumstance. Not even any room in the inn. Or any inn for that matter. They're knocking on all kinds of motel sticks. And the light's not on. No room. No room. No room. Where's he born? You, you know the story well. Come on, help me. Help me teach this with me. Where's he born? He's born in a barn. A king? Really? Royalty coming? He's born in a barn? Stinky? Stable? They've got to push the cows away from eating in, in the trough. Maybe throw some fresh hay in it. Because here he is. We have nowhere to even lay him. They put him in the feeding trough. That's what the manger was. We nice it up. We pretty it up for Christmas. Fine. But it stunk. There's, there's sheep stuff. Right? It's a barn. There's animals. The cattle are lowing. Remember, we sang about that at the Christmas time, you know. It reminds, here it is again, reminding me of how Jesus comes. He doesn't come the way we think. And it's really an, an invitation to all. Not to the elite. Not to the upper class. Not to the, just the educated. In fact, some of those that are better off than the majority, some that have more money than the majority, they have a harder time accepting the king. I remember dad, your brother Dale, self-made millionaire, built a, a, a fleet really of, of trucks, semi-trucks, and they would haul coal and rock and gravel and you name it all over Indiana and, well, further than that, I, I think by the end of it all. And dad would try to challenge his older brother Dale and how... He needed the Lord. And Dale would reach into his pocket, Al, and he would pull out a wad of money. He had $1,000 cash on him at all times. That was just to buy soda pop for his grandkids. And if he wanted to gamble on cards or something like that, just whatever kind of money, play money, he'd just pull that out and say, Don, if, if I need anything, I'll buy it. He wasn't flaunting his money either. He was just simply saying, I don't need what you have. A lot of people that are on the upper crust of things, they have a very difficult time accepting the Lord. Jesus didn't come in with pomp and circumstance, either at his birth or on this great day. He came in lowly. Humble was he. This suggests all can come to him. I don't believe that's the only reason. I, I, well, clearly, he came because it was ordered of God that he come this way. It was actually prophesied that Jesus would come on a donkey and not on a stallion. Zechariah 9.9, here is the prophecy that speaks of this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud or loudly, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous, having salvation is he, humble, mounted on a donkey, on a colt. The foal of a donkey. This is interesting. This particular prophecy was spoken by Zechariah in the year 520 B.C. 500 years before Christ arrived. Zechariah is having this vision and he's writing this down to be preserved for all time. So that when it happened, when it was fulfilled, they could go back and say it was spoken it was prophesied, and it has come to pass. You see, fulfilled prophecy is proof that Jesus is the Messiah. Fulfilled prophecy proves that Jesus is who he said he was. He is the Christ. He is the Son of God. Jesus is the Messiah. I shared this last year, and I thought it was appropriate for me to share again so powerful. Peter Stoner, professor, wrote a book entitled Science Speaks. 
And in this book, he demonstrates how coincidence is ruled out by the science of probability. Stoner says that by using the science of probability in reference to only eight Old Testament prophecies. By the way, there are 332 prophecies in the Old Testament concerning Christ, either his birth, his life, his crucifixion, and the suffering therein, his resurrection, his coming, all of that. There's 332 prophecies concerning Christ. Stoner says that by using the science of probability in reference to only eight Old Testament prophecies, we find that the probability that any man might have lived down to the present time and fulfilled just eight of the 332 Old Testament prophecies concerning the Messiah are, you ready for this, one in 100 quadrillion. That number is 100 quadrillion. It's a one with 17 zeros. He goes on to make this claim for us. And what does that really look like today? He said, suppose we took 100 quadrillion silver dollars, laid them on the face of Texas. They would cover the entire state of Texas two feet deep. Texas is the biggest state. Of the 48, it's the biggest. It's a huge state. Silver dollars, it would cover the entire state and be two feet deep. Then he says, now mark just one silver dollar. Stir the whole mass of silver dollars thoroughly over all the state. Blindfold a man and tell him he can travel anywhere in Texas that he wants, but he must retrieve the one marked silver dollar. What are the odds that he would do this. One in 100 quadrillion. That's the odds that he would do it. The same odds that the prophets would have had of writing just eight prophecies and having them all come true in any one person. But I've got news for you here today. Not only did Jesus fulfill eight of the prophecies written by the prophets, he fulfilled all 332 prophecies concerning the Messiah. It's, it's critical that we observe this step on the road to hope. It's the starting place of the road to hope. It was prophesied that he would journey down this road and he would do so on a donkey. Now imagine with me the crowd gathered around as he's starting down this path, walking this road, riding the donkey on the road. Let's look just for a moment at the people on the road to hope. And there were a lot of them, a multitude of people, crowds pressing in and, and gathered from all over the place to see the king who comes in the name of the Lord. What do we know about the people that day? We know that some were followers. The Bible clearly names two disciples, not by name, but there are two disciples chosen from the Lord to go ahead and to get the colt. He sends them. He says, you too, you go ahead. So we know there's we know that his 12 disciples are, are very likely there. They're followers. They were hand-selected by the Lord, and they followed him. In other words, they believed. We're talking a lot about believing today. They believed in Jesus. But they weren't the only disciples there that day. Verse number 37 of our text in chapter 19 tells us that as he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice. There were others that had observed Jesus for a three-year period. You know, Jesus' ministry was only, uh, there was only three years really recorded of Jesus actually ministering. There's a whole lot from about 12 to 30 that we don't know much about Jesus. But while he was ministering, People were watching, and a good many decided they were going to follow as well. They decided they were going to believe as well. 
And so a multitude, I like that, a multitude of disciples, other people who decide to believe, they were there that day. Who else was on the road to hope? What are the other people mentioned? Well, there's some enemies mentioned. Some were followers. Some were enemies. Verse number 39, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell your disciples to shut up. That's really what it means. They were just so annoyed. All these people hollering. It it says that they were loud. Which gives me great hope today. (laughs) Because sometimes I get loud. And they were just annoyed by that. It's the Pharisees, remember. The Pharisees have a bit of a reputation throughout the Gospels. The Pharisees were always near. They were always lurking, always trying to trip Jesus up within a theological debate. What about this? The Scripture says this. The law says this. But they could never trip Jesus up. The Pharisees, the enemies of Christ, were always waiting How can we get Jesus? They were complaining even when Jesus would perform miracles right before their eyes. They didn't care that Jesus was doing something amazing and powerful. They wanted to see how they could still criticize him. You know, there's churches filled with people like this. Thank God none of them go to La Palma Christian Center. But they miss what God's doing. God's pouring out His Spirit. God is doing amazing things. And they're going to sit back and criticize the one thing that they don't like. Should I preach that or should I move on? Again, they're they're not here. They moved on. Be very careful, church. Any of us actually could fall in this category. Any of us. We have to decide, I'm not going to be critical. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to focus on what God is doing. Because God is doing amazing things. Don't miss what God is doing because of some something that's not here. Because of a pew that's not here, that used to be here. I think we're over that, aren't we? Very few got taught on that anyway. I'm just saying, it could be, that's just a, a small, insignificant, but it could become significant for some. We have to just focus on what God's doing. I mean, we had, I gave an altar call to 830 service dad, and I, I think five or six people came up, maybe more than that. I didn't count heads, but there was a, there was a handful right here committing their lives to Isn't that worth it all? Doesn't that say it all? There were followers, there were enemies, there were, I called them skeptics. Just kind of in between. They were probably there. The disciples are clearly listed, both the two and then the multitude of followers. The the Pharisees are called out, the enemies. But there's more people. Some are just checking it out. They're not quite enemies wouldn't label as an enemy. In fact, they maybe even like to watch the miracles. Right? Hey, I don't care why people come to La Palma Christian Center. If they just want to see a fire burning, see a fire draws people. Did you know that? They can come and watch me burn. They can come and watch you burn. They can come and watch the fire. They may not have it all figured out. They may not know if they want to follow Christ or not. Maybe they're just curious. I've heard about this guy. I heard about some of the stuff that's going on at that church over there. That's all right. Lindsay, I think of you and Greg and your family. You know, you you came into our school, and you were just a little curious, I think. And then you came and kind of checked us out. You're probably a little freaked out by some of what we did. I, I mean, it's okay, right? She said it's true. I mean, we're Pentecostal, so we're weird. And I mean... I'm saying in the standard of, of even, even other Christians, we're a little bit out there, right? Now, let me just make this really plain. I, I, say, that, I say this tongue-in-cheek. 
um, we are Pentecostal, and not everybody understands maybe how we roll and what we believe, but we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I will say this loud and clear. Is my mic on good? I want you to hear this. Everything should be done decently and in order. Somebody say decently and in order. That honors God. So we try to make sure that that is the standard for all that is done here at La Palma Christian Center. But that sometimes somebody might speak in tongues. That's some crazy standard. I saw somebody fall down. I think the pastor pushed them. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm not pushing anybody. Sometimes I don't even touch them and they fall down. It happened for me more than once. I found myself, my knees just buckled under the power, under the anointing of Almighty God, and I couldn't stand anymore. Listen, if God wants me on my back to spend a little bit of time with me, I don't mind. I just want God to spend some time with me, and I want to spend some time with God. I don't care if it's standing or kneeling or laying on my back. Hallelujah. But we're just some strange folks. And there's some people, they're just curious. They're skeptical even. I don't know if I want to follow him or not. Does that mean I'm going to be pushed down? Does that mean, you know, I'm going to fall? How many have ever fallen back or fallen under the power, they say, been slain in the spirit? These are some of the terminology. Anybody? About half the room maybe. How many have never been slain in the spirit? We'll just say it like that. You've never been slain in the spirit. See? It's okay. You might live your whole Christian life on your feet. But hopefully half of us at least going to be on your knees. It's God's business. It's not my business. But I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to get hung up on that, Stacy. And you clearly didn't, Lindsay, you and Greg. They decided, I don't understand it all, but I like it. There's just something about it I like. And they just they just came in. I think you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You both of you were. I mean, it's just been awesome. She joined our church and here she is on the second row. It's powerful. There's people just like Greg and Lindsay, just like them. They're curious, even skeptical. Because not all is authentic, right? How many have seen some things happen in church that God didn't, God didn't have any part of it, really. They weren't prophesying, they were prophesying. It wasn't the anointing, it was the annoying. <laughs> the prophetic anno anointing? No, it was the pathetic annoying. <laughs> but that, it shouldn't make us skeptical or critical. Remember, it's a pure... God and a pure message from God flowing through a vessel of clay. And some vessels might be a little dirtier than another vessel, might have a little more flesh in it than they should. I'm just telling you the truth today. But God doesn't change. And he's looking for people who are all in and decide, I'm going to follow him and I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him on the good days. I'm going to praise him on the bad days. I don't care what I'm going through. I've determined that I'm going to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. It leads me to the praise on the road to hope. Hallelujah. I like this part. Matthew, or Luke chapter 19 and 38 says, they were saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. Matthew 21, 9 tells it like this. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hallelujah. You see, the people understood. The light bulb was coming on for some people. They had these aha moments. 
they realized and recognized that Jesus wasn't just some carpenter from Nazareth. He was, in fact, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. He was the King that comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel, the Son of David, and they determined that they were going to praise Him. Hallelujah. The whole multitude, they praised Him for what He had done, the Bible says. They praised Him for what He had done. We see this in verse 37. The whole multitude of His disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a what? with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. And what had they seen? They watched with their own eyes Jesus heal the blind eyes. They watched as Jesus opened the deaf ears. They saw him make the lame to walk and the dumb to talk. They saw him turn the water into wine, heal the leper and all manner of other diseases. They watched firsthand as Jesus fed the multitude with a boy sack lunch. They watched him call Lazarus from the dead to live again. That's what they saw. They praised God for what he had done. Now, I want you to think just for a minute of all that God has done for you, what no one else could do, what your spouse couldn't do for you, what your children can't do for you, what your parents can't do for you, what your pastor can't do for you. Think today just for a moment of all that God and God alone has done for you. And then once you get that in your mind, I want you to jump up on your feet and give me 30 seconds of loud praise today. Come on. Come on and give me some loud praise today. Only God could do what he has done. No one else can do what God has done for you. He has saved you. He has redeemed you. He has rescued you. He has healed your body. He has restored your marriages and relationships. Come on and give him a loud praise. Keep on. Keep on. Hallelujah. Blessed is the King. Blessed is the King. Have your seat. Take your seat. Woo. They praised him with a loud voice. They praised him with a shout. That was for what he had done. But they also determined they were just going to praise him for who he was. Look at verse number 38. They said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. The crowd not only praised him for all that they had, he had done and all that they had seen him do. They praised him just because he was Jesus. Now, I wonder, could you praise him if he didn't do another thing for you? Because he's still Jesus. He's still the son of God. Hallelujah. Matthew's description says that they praised him as the son of David. John 12, 12 says they praised him as the king of Israel. Our, our text here says they, they praised him as the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Just as the crowd present on that day, we also should praise him for who he is. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is our Lord. He is our master. He is our savior. He is our comforter, our redeemer, our healer. He is our burden bearer. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's the ultimate conqueror. He's the groom coming to get his bride. He's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is Jesus, and we should praise him just because he's Jesus. Come on and give me about 20 more seconds of high praise today. Hallelujah. Come on and bless him. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not praising him. You're not praising him like he's God. Come on and praise him like he's God. Praise him like there's nobody else but him in your life. Nobody can do what he has done for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's your friend. Yay. Hallelujah. Blessed is he. Blessed is he. Blessed is he. Don't stay silent. Don't you worry about what anybody says. Don't you worry about what anybody thinks. Not everybody's going to like you lifting up your voice. But Jesus said, if we stay silent, the very rocks are going to cry out. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want any rocks praising on my behalf. I don't want any stones blessing the Lord because I decided I didn't like, I didn't like that. I didn't want the preacher telling me what to do. Mm. Hallelujah. Hey. Whoa. Hallelujah. We praise him. We praise him. He's the Prince of Peace. He's our shelter in the time of storm. He's the one who understands when no one else can understand. He's a doctor. He's a lawyer. Hallelujah. He's my everything. Thank you, Lord. Can I just tell you another reason I praise him? Because he's coming back for me. Hallelujah. Come on, is anybody excited that he's coming back? I said he's coming back. Hallelujah. Oh, let me wrap this up. One, one preacher said it like this. He said the first time he came as a lowly carpenter, the next time he's coming as the risen conqueror. You might want to stay up on your feet for this. I don't know. The first time he came riding in on a donkey, the next time he'll be riding on a white horse. Hallelujah. The first time he was mocked and scorned, the next time men will fear and tremble. The first time he came weeping, the next time he's coming shouting, hallelujah. The first time he came to redeem mankind, the next time he's coming to rule on, over all of mankind. The first time he had no money for taxes, the next time he will own everything. The first time he came alone, the next time he's coming with saints and angels. The first time he was beaten and bruised, but the next time his enemies will be under his feet. Feet. The first time he had nails in his hands and in his feet, the next time he will have a rod of iron in his hand. The first time he was hung on a cross, the next time he will sit on the throne. The first time he was judged in Pilate's hall, the next time he will be the judge of all. Hallelujah. The first time men put him to death, the next time he will destroy the enemies of God and he will destroy death. The first time he came as a man, the next time he's coming as God. The first time he came as a lamb, the next time he's coming as a lion. The first time he was meek and lowly, but the next time he's coming in power and glory. The first time he wore a crown of thorns, but the next time he will wear the crown of a king. The first time he was called the king of the Jews, but the next time he comes, he'll be called the king of kings. The first time he came as a lowly Nazarene, but the next time he's coming as the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, 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 oh. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could get that Hosanna song again. Jamie, I want you to come. Everybody up on your feet. Hallelujah. Jesus, we bless you today. We bless you today. Let me just ask this question. Is your heart right with God? <laughs> Is your heart right? It's a good question. I just asked a simple question in that 830 service, and I bet six people came and just connected their heart either back to God or maybe the first time. I'm not sure for some. There's a couple. I don't know. But if you're ready to really surrender your life and your heart to God, to Christ, I want you to lift your hand as high as, I, as, as you can get it right now. You've never, you either you've never given your heart to the Lord or your heart is really not right with the Lord. This is who I'm talking to right now. If that's you, lift your hand. Amen. Today's a day of connection to God or reconnection. Sometimes it's just we have to reconnect, don't we? You're like, I have no power. What's going on? 
Well, you're unplugged. You're unplugged. You just got to get plugged back in. We're going to get you plugged back in today. Right? That's right. Come on, if you're here today and you, you're ready to connect to God, first time or you're reconnecting, I want you to come right now. Come on, just move out from where you are. Man, I'm so glad you're here, sis. So glad you've come today. God bless you. Give me some ladies. Come on, give me some ladies real quick. Anybody else? You're just, you're ready to, to connect, to reconnect. Woo. Hey, sis. Wow. Now I need a family. Looks like I need a family right here. Come here, Waterfields. Come on, church. I need your help. Listen, listen to me. When the Holy Spirit moves, we have to move with him. We have to move with the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? You, you need to connect your heart to the Lord, either the first time or it's a reconnection. Come on and do it right now, right now, right now. Don't delay. This is a good time to do this. It's awesome. Love it, man. Mm. Come here. Boom. It's awesome. Isn't that good what God's doing? Don't you love it? How many love what God's doing? Come on. How many love what God's doing today? The king is here. Come here, Jamie. I want you to sing that verse, one of those verses for us, and then we're just going to join you on this chorus. I don't know if my singers are here. You could grab a microphone too, but let's just lift up some worship for another few minutes while God is changing the hearts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Standing on the clouds with fire, the whole earth sings, the whole earth sings. I see his love and mercy washing over all our sins. The people sing, the people sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. See a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith, with selfless faith. And I see a near revival stirring as we pray and seek. We're one more time, I want you to lift up your hands. 
Just imagine this day, this great, great day, the king coming through on his way to Jerusalem. We don't have palm branches to grab, and I certainly don't want you to disrobe. Lift your arm and just wave it in praise to God today. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. <laughs> Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna in the highest. Sing it one more time, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glad you're here. Would you mind taking your seat? I just want to talk to you for a few moments before I officially dismiss you. Don Brook is listed in the Guinness world book of records as being the oldest woman to ever naturally conceive and bear a child. She was 59 years old when this happened. A little past childbearing age. I have something I want to tell you today, and it's this. We are going to be parents again. But it's not like you think. And Karen said hallelujah. And actually I said hallelujah. We, when I say we, I mean you and I. We are going to be parents. Today I want to announce to you that we are planting a new church. La Palma Christian Center. I know. I know. We are planting a brand new church. You know, La Palma Christian Center, this is our 60th year in existence. This is 60 years, Cindy, for us. Can you believe that? It's, it's crazy. We started on Lincoln on one of those little storefronts. Just a handful of people trying to make a difference in Dairyland, I think is what it was called. That's what La Palma was called, Dairyland. We were just a dairy field, dairy fields, pasture. But look what God has done in 60 years. But we fe feel that it's time, even though maybe we're 60 years old, we can plant a church, we can have a baby. And we're going to have a baby. We're going to have a brand new church. And let me tell you some more good news. Pastor Moses and Jamie are going to be the pastors of this new church. Yes. Yes. Mm. So good. You know, I, this is your, you're in your seventh year with us. They've been here for, in their seventh year, six and a half years they've been with us. And really for six and a half years, I have put my finger on the pulse, so to speak, with Pastor Moses on, hey, what, what, what's your path look like? Are you here another year? I don't ever want to assume that he's just here forever. We want God's will to be done in their lives, of course. And however long they're with us, we rejoice and we thank God for that. But he has told me from really from day one that he feels that he will be a lead pastor someday, somewhere. And just recently, very recently, he said, Pastor, I feel my heart just beating about.
about planting a church. And I knew immediately it was right. I knew instantly this was right. And I said, well, let's just start the process and see what God does. He'll either say, it's not time. He'll close the door. He'll put the brakes on. We won't have peace. Or he moves us forward. And he has moved us forward gloriously, beautifully. Pastor Moses and Jamie have already been approved. They've already been assessed and approved by our network to plant a church. And I want you, Pastor Moses, I want you to tell the people about a little bit what's in your heart and the vision and where you feel God wanting you to plant. Well, first off, thank you guys for the love. I mean, you guys are all standing up. You don't have to do that. <laughs> but we love you guys. Um, what an honor um, to be a part of what God is doing in his kingdom in whatever way that looks like. And, um, you know, Pastor Steve shared a little bit, but, um, you know, I've always had that in my heart. But as of late, as of, as of the last few months, it's just been um, just on the forefront. And, um, and so we've prayed about it. Um, and God has placed um, a burden for us uh, in the city of Anaheim. And that's, that's our destination. That is our uh, location where we would love to plant a church. And we've already scouted out the area and we have an idea of maybe where God is leading us to plant this church. Um, but, you know, one of the things um, that would always hit me hard when I would go to our network and uh, district events uh, is that I, I found out that there's only one um, Assemblies of God church in the city of Anaheim. Um, the whole city of Anaheim, just one AG church. And not that there's not other churches preaching the gospel and preaching Jesus, but there's, I know that there's only one church uh, that believes what we believe. And, uh, I mean, if you are, if you are here, you know, you're here today, you saw what God did in this place. And, um, you know, my, my heart is that we would be able to take what God is doing in La Palma and be able to just kind of plant it somewhere else. Because uh, I believe, I believe that, um, you know, uh, if you want to see lives change, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want it to last. And so I've learned that here from Pastor Steve. Uh, seeing him lead the way, I've learned from it, and I want to take uh, what I've learned here and the heart and the spirit of this place and, uh, and take it to the city of Anaheim because there's so many people that are unchurched and de-churched that need Jesus Christ in their life, and we just want to be a part of that in whatever way that looks. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what it means when I say we're going to plant Pastor Moses and Jamie, what, what that means is, at least in part, we're going to sow some financial seed. We're going to plant money, okay? We're going to put our money where our mouth is. And our church is going to sow financially into this new church and help them along until they are able to, you know, walk on their own, so to speak. But also, we are planting people seeds, and what I mean is we are praying about who could strategically go with them that's part of this church. And um, Dave and Robin Udell, I don't know where they are, but they're right here. We felt that this was one couple that we would, we would approach. I say we because it was us. We are talking about and praying about who would be a good fit. To help them. It's going to be a lot of work. You do know it's going to be a lot of work. But they prayed about it and they felt immediately God is in this. We want to be a part of this. We want to, we want to reach a community that needs the love of Christ so desperately. And um, so these are a couple of, I think, La Palma's finest seeds that we're going to sow with the Alamans. And so, Dave and Robin, I want to just say thank you and congratulations to you on the new baby that's in the horizon. Ooh, maybe there's something else going on I didn't know about. <laughs> Whew, I felt that. I felt the baby kick right there. Listen, God is on the move, church. God is on the move. It's, you know, I told you about a dam that I saw breaking. When this all happened, it's like that dam had a whole new meaning so powerful what God is doing and how far reaching this outflow of his spirit is going is how far it's going to reach if you feel like this might be something you want to be a part of then you come and talk to me or come and talk to pastor Moses because 
Dave and Robin, for instance, they're not going to go and ask anybody in this church because it's inappropriate. That's not a church plant. That's something else entirely that's unhealthy. This is a strategy. And so if you feel something today in us announcing this, please come and talk to us. I already had somebody in the first service said, I know I'm supposed to be a part of that. And I know it's, I think it's right. I think it's right. So it may be you today. And also God may speak to you about planting some seed. Please do so. I'm talking about money right now. They're going to need all the help that they can get. So please pray about that. Yes, the reason I wanted to announce today on Palm Sunday, the launch date is Palm Sunday a year from now. That's the due date. The baby will be born. I love it. Pastor Moses, I want you and Jamie to come right here, center stage. Dave and Robin, I'd love for you to come. I want the board, spouses, pastors, spouses, and really anyone that would just like to come and surround the Alamans. Don't we love the Alamans today? They're just precious, precious people and such an anointing on them, such a gifting that is in them and going to come forth from them. Amen. Come on, church. I want everybody standing. Many of you could come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, now we just lift up Pastor Moses and Jamie. We are so grateful for this family, Isabella and Judah, God. We thank you, Lord, that they have come and they have worked so hard here at La Palma Christian Center. They have given their all, Lord. They have poured into this church, Lord, and they have just made such an amazing impact on this church and we know, Lord, that all of the foundational bricks that they have laid, they will remain. And in fact, we will build on that and it will be stronger than ever. But we sense you shifting things. We sense the spirit of God moving and breathing and, and, and leading. And we want to flow with you. We want to follow your leading and your prompting. And this feels good to us and to the Holy Spirit. And so we pray, lead on, God. We pray, lead on, Holy Spirit. Spirit. We're asking God that every step that they take would be ordered of you. We're asking God that every decision that they make, God, would be directed by you, would be prompted by you. We pray, Lord, that you would give them wisdom, Lord. We pray that you would alleviate all apprehension and all anxiety. Let all worry be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We pray, Lord, for a confidence and an assurance and a great, great peace, Lord, as they venture into new territory into the unknown i pray lord all of the gifts that are in them would fully surface lord and that you would use them mightily in this new season of their life we pray for the anointing to remain and even increase on their life let them be anointed god as they touch as they speak as they walk i pray lord for favor with the city of 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 Anaheim. I pray, Lord, for favor with the city council and with the mayor, favor with neighboring uh, businesses. Hallelujah. We pray, Lord, for an outflow, outflow of finances for them, God. Let them be have more than enough for the work that is ahead. We pray, God, now for those in the neighborhood that don't know you. Hallelujah. We pray even now that the Holy Spirit would go and prepare these hearts, prepare these families, Lord. Fill Pastor Moses and Dave and Robin and the rest of this core team that you are putting together. Fill them, God, with your Holy Spirit and use them to build your kingdom as we give you thanks and as we give you praise. Come on, everybody. Let's seal this with amen, amen, amen. So be it. Let it be so. So awesome. God is on the move. Congratulations. Pastor Moses and Jamie are not leaving today. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could I don't know if I could handle that. But I thought it would be good to announce to you today what we feel God is is doing and a direction that the Lord is moving 
this family in. And us, we're partnering with them. We're parenting them. They're not leaving. They're just going down the road. And it's very exciting. A little nerve-wracking, right? I mean, well, maybe a lot. It's just new territory. It's new for them, but it's new for me. I've never, I've never led something like this. So I say, God, if you're not in this, I don't know what I'm going to do, right? Isn't that where he wants us to live, though? Just right on that edge of, God, you have to help me. No sense in me figuring it all out. Trust in him. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for a great day in your house. Thank you for this great church, Lord. The men and the women and the students, the children even that you brought in today. We just ask, God, you seal by your spirit the word and the deeds that you have done today. We ask that you fill us with your love, fill us with kindness, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and use us, God, to give you glory and to build your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless everybody. Be sure to love on the Monahans before they leave. You're dismissed.